good evening. Good to see uh, you out this evening. It looks like we're down a number, but uh, that's okay. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. So uh, we're just praying for the Lord to be with us this evening. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and see what he has for us this evening. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity to come out and, Lord, just to... Uh, Lord, just to worship and praise you this evening. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, give us exactly what we need to hear. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, be magnified and exalted in everything that's said and done. In uh, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's turn to page number 495. Count your blessings. Uh, 495, count your blessings. number 391 I am resolved
opportunity and welcome one another to the services tonight. All right, well, good evening. I appreciate you being here in the Lord's house. We're going to continue our study, our character study on David. And uh, we have a couple of our teenagers here with us this evening because I uh, would ask that you pray for the McGinnises. Uh, they're um, uh, visiting Miss Judith in the hospital this evening. And uh, so you pray for the McGinnises. Uh, pray for Miss Judith. I don't know all the details, just to ask that you would pray for her. And uh, I know that uh, they covet your prayers at this time, but the teens are in here tonight because uh, uh, no, no teacher. And so um, uh, I've been teaching on Wednesday nights. I've been teaching them on Sunday mornings in Sunday school. They didn't know that, but uh, uh, that's what I've been doing. So uh, anyway, so they'll, they'll uh, get a different lesson. I'll have another lesson for them this Sunday. But um, I do appreciate you being here. We're doing our character study on David and uh, David's been such a, a blessing in my life. This has been a great study for me. I told my wife tonight, I said, I've just thoroughly enjoyed this study. I love reading about David and uh, just different aspects about him. And last week I said that God always has a man for his plan. Well, this week we want to talk about God always has a plan for his man. And uh, just the uh, word reversal there. But uh, David was a mighty man of God. We discovered that last week. And we learned last week that God gave much attention to David. He wrote 1,127 uh, portions of scripture was mentioned about David. Uh, in comparison, we think, well, that's a lot. But in comparison, we think of the Apostle Paul. And he's only mentioned 163 times in the Bible. 
And so that, that God gives a, a special attention to David and his life. And tonight we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter number 16. 1 Samuel chapter number 16, if you'd like to go ahead and turn there. Um, this chapter can be easily uh, divided into two halves, if you will. The first half tells the story about the prophet Samuel going to Bethlehem and anointing King David. And, and, uh, and that's the first half. And uh, Samuel went there by divine order uh, of the Lord and to Jesse's house, to, uh, to the tribe of Judah. And there's, some, there's a study there, but uh, I'm not getting into that tonight, to anoint uh, God's man for his plan. And uh, as we spoke last week, Jesse brought forth the seven, seven of his sons, and, uh, and uh, each one passed by Samuel, and God said, no, no, not that one, nope, not that one either. Uh, and so he went through all seven sons, and then uh, Samuel said to uh, Jesse, he says, do you yet have one other, do you have another son? And he says, yeah, but he's out in the field tending the sheep. He says, well, wait here. We're going to wait here until you bring him here. We want to see him. And so uh, they, uh, Jesse went, uh, had someone go get David. And David stood there before Samuel. And Samuel heard the voice of God and, and saying, this is my king. Anoint him. So Samuel, he took out the, uh, the oil uh, from his garment, took out the oil and anointed him and to be the next king of Israel. However, another king is on the throne. There's another king that's sitting there and that's, uh, that's uh, not willing to get, relinquish his kingdom, I'm sure. And his name is Saul. And it would be nearly 15 years before David would be crowned king. And uh, this is where we kind of pick up the, a little bit of the story here in the second half of 1 Samuel 16. The scene changes from Samuel with David to King Saul and what's going on in the palace. Notice here in verse 14. It says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servant, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is cunning and plain of, on a harp. And it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well." And Saul said unto his servant, Provide me now a man that can play well, and bring him to me. Then answered one of his servants, and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, uh, that is cunning and plain, and mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse, and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the, the sheep, and and Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand so Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you for your examples in the Word of God and uh, how you used David in his life. 
Lord, to teach us some things. And Lord, I pray that we will learn these lessons tonight, Lord, and apply them to our lives and become better Christians, better servants for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would work a great work in our lives, that you would get the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remember, David had already been anointed king. This was the first of the three times that David would be anointed. And even though David was anointed to be king, there was some special things. There were some certain events. There were some things that God was doing in David's life to prepare him for the kingdom. And as you look in this portion of scripture, notice there in verse 21, it says, And David came to Saul and stood before him. And David came before Saul and stood before him. I ask you tonight, where is God in your life? What is God doing in your life? I think about this. There's a, uh, you think about the little shepherd boy, David. Now, it seems very insignificant in the matter of a king. It'd be like uh, me going to, uh, to the president or something like that. Uh, someone that is insignificant really going to uh, you know, someone that is in high power. And so here's a little shepherd boy standing in front of the king. Now that may not mean much to you, but God is doing something here. God is, is working in his life. And I ask again, this little shepherd boy is now standing for the king. God is preparing David for his kingdom. Where is God working in your life? What does the Lord have for you to do? Uh, we might think the menial things, the small things that... Uh, that, that were, that's coming our way or just uh, they mean nothing by it but I believe that God has a purpose and a plan and everything that he does he does it for a reason God did not place us on earth without a purpose there's not one man or one woman not one boy or girl uh, who is insignificant to God God has a plan for his man God has a plan for his man how does God go about working His plan in our lives? Did you ever stop to think that disappointments that you face in your life may have been from God? Ever thought that? The disappointments may be just God's appointments for us? Did you ever stop and think that someone who may great, you may greatly appreciate or maybe someone that you don't appreciate may be divine appointments for God's plan in your life. Jack Hyle said this, every man is my teacher. Meaning everything, we can learn something from every man, whether it's good or bad, we can learn from every man. God has placed us here for a purpose and we need to understand that he is working to accomplish his plan for his man. David was brought from the field to the throne room. He was brought before the throne room, uh, the king, because God had a purpose and a plan for David's life. God was preparing him to be the future king. David is in the school of life. I want you to notice the teacher here. The teacher is none other than the Holy Spirit of God. He's our teacher as well. The Bible teaches us that the Lord was with David. The Bible says, look there in uh, verse 13. It says, And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. You know what? When you got saved, the Spirit of God came upon you from that day forward. 
You say, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm saying this, that the Holy Spirit lives and abides in our hearts until the day we die. Once you get saved, listen, the Holy Spirit is there. You may not feel Him because feelings are like roller coasters. I told someone that the other day. Feelings are like roller coasters. They're up and down, twists and turves. And I tell you, you cannot go by feelings. But the Holy Spirit of God will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God is with us at all times. And notice that the teacher, uh, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. David's instructor was the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit taught David as his life was yielded to God. God teaches us. The Holy Spirit of God teaches us as we are yielded to Him. See, we must be yielded to Him. He's still there, but we must be submissive and yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. Did you know that God will use anything at His disposal to teach us what He wants us to learn? Did you know that? I, I know I hear Brother Tim a lot of times. He'll talk about, you know, it's the little things. And, and I was just doing this the other day, and it was just... God brought this to my attention, and just small things. But God is using... Things that we may not, what well, we may think is insignificant. Think about this. God used a talking donkey. You ever heard that? A talking donkey to communicate his message to Balaam. God used that. God used a rooster to convict Peter. God used a whale to get a hold of Jonah's attention. If we pay attention, we will notice that the Holy Spirit is teaching us today and every day. There are lessons we learn through His Word, through circumstances, through situations, through other avenues, but God is teaching us. He's our teacher. We need to, by faith, see the hand of God at work as He is our teacher. He is our instructor. But then I want you to notice the student. The students are student. King Saul had become very troubled and those closest to him knew that something was wrong. They had, been hearing, they, they had been hearing him and watching him. They've seen his actions, how he's rebelled against God. They knew that an evil spirit had come to him. And the Lord did this because of Saul's disobedience. Get a hold of that. The, the reason this happened was because of Saul's disobedience. Saul's servants gathered around him and said, Hey, we want to help you, King Saul. We want, to, we want to help you. So what we're going to do is we're going to get someone that can play music and soothe your aching heart. Can I tell you what they should have done and said, Saul, you need to repent and get right. That's what they should. You know why? The Bible says this, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. We may not like it when our friends are, and I'm talking about true friends, when they tell us in love, hey, you're going down the wrong path. Hey, you're doing this, and you know you shouldn't be doing this. And God, hey, He wants you to get right. When you do that in a spirit of love, I'm telling you, they may not like it, but God wants us to. But then also, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. They didn't encourage him to get right. Instead, they said, we'll, we think music will help you. And the thing of it is, it did help for a season, a short season. We want to find someone who can play music to soothe your soul. And, and, and can I just say something? Nothing can soothe your soul except for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Nothing can give you that peace and comfort like the Lord. The Bible says, For He satisfies the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Saul said, Okay, okay, give me, give me, uh, go ahead and send one. And then look, notice in verse 18 how God is working. It says, I, uh, one of his servants says, I, I know a man. But notice seven things about this man that he's talking about. He says, he says, first, he says, a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite. This is, identifies him, identifies his tribe, identifies his heritage, his family. It tells a lot about David in this just little bitty statement here, a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite. Then secondly, he said that he was cunning and plain. That means he was skillful. He played the harp beautifully. Then thirdly, he said that he was a mighty, valiant man. Not only was David a mighty hero in the Old Testament, uh, he could sit down and play the harp beautifully. What a testament, what a wonderful combination of beauty and strength. Fourthly, he said that he was a man of war. David was willing to fight. It wasn't just one of these, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I heard kids talk a lot. They'd say, I'll beat you up and I'll beat you up. But there was not a whole lot of action. That wasn't David. If David said he was going to beat you up, you're going to get beat up. That's just the way it was. And that's what he's saying here. He was a man of war. He didn't just talk about war. He was going to perform that action. Then, fifthly, he said that he was a prudent, he was prudent in in matters. David had good judgment. He had good wisdom. He, he, he made right decisions. Then sixth, he said he was a comely person, which means he was very pleasing in his parents, the way he looked, and not only the way he looked, but the way he behaved himself. He was a man of character, a man that, uh, uh, that portrayed himself well. But then I want you to notice the last thing and the most important thing here that he says, if I can get my notes turned here. He says that the Lord is with him. It's significant that the Bible says of David that the Lord was with him. But notice what they said about Saul. That the Lord had departed from him. We have seen the teacher and the student. The Bible says the Lord was with David said that the Lord had departed from Saul. See, we're all students. I think I'd rather be a student where the Lord was with me than when the Lord had departed from me. If you know the Lord personally, if you are saved, the Lord is with you. He is constantly working in you for His plan, for His man. What is he accomplishing in you? What lessons do we find God teaching us daily? If you know the Lord as your Lord and Savior, we need to get a hold of the fact that the Spirit of God desires to be our instructor, to be our teacher, to instruct us in all things. And we are his students. Everything around us becomes a classroom. And I want to give you three quick thoughts. That was a big introduction, but a short landing. I'm telling you, it's going to be a short message. But number one, I want you to notice three lessons that we need to learn on this thought. God always has a plan for his man. Number one, we need to learn the lesson of pride. The lesson of pride. 
Can I tell you the hardest lesson for us to learn is humility? To learn humility. God was teaching David the lesson of being submissive to his authorities. You know, David had already been anointed king. What stopped him from going in and saying, Saul, you're done. I'm the next king. Now, now let's put this in perspective a little bit. If it was me, you know what I'd do? I'd go in there and say, hey, Saul, buddy, you're done. It's my turn. Why? Because it's pride. It's pride. Not being willing to submit to his authority. But see, God still had Saul in that position. We need to learn this thought of this submission to our authorities. The Bible already said David was a man of war. He could have went in there and whooped him. He was already valiant and prudent in matters. But when David's father said to to uh, David, he said, go to Saul. Notice David obeyed and went to Saul. He didn't ask questions. He obeyed and went. He was being taught a lesson here about submission to the authority. He was still under the authority of his dad. But then he was under the authority of his king. See, I've met folks that cannot lead and will not follow. If they cannot lead, their inability to lead is connected to their unwillingness to follow. Before you can ever be a great leader, you must learn to be a good follower first. God will not bless and use people who are not willing to be submissive first. The lesson we need to be is pride. Take away from that pride and be submissive to our authorities. That means teenagers. Guess what? Your authorities. You say, who's my authorities? Well, number one, your parents. God, number one. Number two, your parents. Number three, your teachers, those around you, your Sunday school teachers, your, uh, those elders. Yeah, we've kind of got away from that thought Children, obey your elders. We've kind of got away from that in our teachings. But it's still a fact and we're to obey our elders. If they're, as long as they're not teaching, telling you to do wrong, you're to obey them. You see, we're to be submissive first. If there is a greater lesson out there to learn for us than to be submissive to our authorities and this, this idea of, of humility, I don't know what it is. In the Christian life, think about this. In your life and in my life, the greatest thing that we need to learn is this thing of humility. God wants us to yield ourselves to Him. If we can't submit to those around us, however, how in the world are we going to be submissive to Him? How are we going to do that? God wants to yield ourselves to Him, to place our lives under His mighty hand. David was learning the lesson of obedience and submission. If one is going to teach, he must remain teachable. If one's going to lead, he must remain, uh, be willing to follow. See, it makes no difference how well I speak or if I, uh, or what I might say, if I'm not yielded to the Lord, I'm not going to receive His blessings. In 1 Samuel 15, God gave Saul specific instructions to be obedient to God, to be obedient to him, yet Saul did not obey God. Notice in verse 11 of chapter 15, you don't have to uh, turn there, but it says, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned turned back from following me. 
What is that? He's not submissive to his authority anymore. He thinks he's uh, arrived. It says, and hath not performed my commandments. He's not obeying what I've told him to do. And the Bible says it grieved Samuel and he cried unto the Lord all night. Saul was not obedient or submissive. Samuel told Saul that his rebellion was a sin of witchcraft. Sin of that. God's serious about that. Incidentally, if you notice that God told him that that was a sin, that's exactly where Saul ended up, wasn't it? In witchcraft with a witch. If you think that lack of submission is not a serious matter, God likens it to witchcraft. It's pretty serious. Then Samuel said his stubbornness is his iniquity and idolatry. Why stubbornness and idolatry? This is the reason right here. Because when we are not yielded or submissive to God, you know what happens? We are worshiping self. We're worshiping self. David learned from the life of Saul not to be a man filled with pride. David saw the Spirit of God had departed from Saul. And I believe, I believe with all my heart David was saying, I don't want that to happen to me when I become king. He was a student himself. If you read the rest of 1 Samuel 15, you'll find that Samuel was uh, disturbed about Saul's refusal to do as the Lord had commanded. And Samuel believed that God ordered must be obeyed. You may not understand. Can I tell you, you may not understand God's orders, His commandments, but it's not up to understanding. It's up to obedience. We don't have to understand. We don't have to understand what God tells us to do. We just have to obey what He tells us to do. Be obedient to Him. Saul became an example of a bad student who would not submit To David, Saul was a constant reminder of what his life would be like if he wasn't obedient to God. The lesson of pride, submission to authority. But number two, I want you to notice the lesson of protection. Samuel thought on his way to David, you remember I I said this last week, on his way to see David or Jesse's house, he thought if I told Saul where I was going, Saul, Saul would kill me. He would have me killed. Well, Saul had no idea that David had been, was going to be the anointed king. I think that it's interesting. I want you to notice this. I think it's interesting that God took David from his safest place where he was tending his sheep, where he felt comfortable, right in front of King Saul. That's the one place that we would say, if I'm going to be king, I don't want to go to King Saul. I don't want to be there. David was learning a lesson of God's protection, that God, where God guides, He always provides. He provides His protection. He proved to David that he could take care of him in what we would think of the most unsafe place on earth, right there in front of our, our known, that he would become his enemy. You who know the Bible know that David's life, and know David's life, know something of David uh, would deal with... The, this order of protection in, in, uh, in the future. Saul took 3,000 choice men. You'll notice later on in the stories, and Saul took 3,000 choice men to go after David. They, they were chasing him like a wild beast. David had to learn to trust in God, trust in Him for His protection. David needed to learn that lesson. The Lord is the one who keeps us from safe, safe from harm. Do you realize that nothing happens to us, 
Nothing happens to us that the Lord's not unaware of, that the Lord is unaware of. You say, but pastor, I have cancer. And I'm sorry to hear that, but God knows about it. My family member is dying. And I'm sorry to hear about that, but God knows. And I'm not trying to be mean or but God knows about it. God knows exactly what you're going through. And maybe God is using this to better so you would be a better servant for him. Notice that David, what David said in Psalm 54, he said, Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth, for strangers are risen up against me, and opposers seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Selah. Behold, God is my helper, and the Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Cut them off in thy truth. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. David was saying, I put my trust, my confidence, I realize he's my protection. David learned the lesson of his protection. God wants us to learn that lesson as well. And we need to learn to trust him for our protection. Trust Him. The Bible says this. Now notice this. This is a good verse. In Psalm 20, verse 7, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we remember the name of the Lord our God. Then in the third lesson, the final lesson tonight, the lesson of purpose. The lesson of purpose. What I mean by this is God works all things together for our good and for His glory. He has a purpose. Why did Samuel go to anoint David? Why was it Samuel? Samuel was a bridge between God and man. Samuel was a common denominator between Saul and David. Samuel was the man of God that God chose to speak both to Saul and David. God has a purpose. Why? Okay, now we read in this story that God had a... uh, uh, one of Saul's servants said, Hey, I know a man. He's the son of Jesse uh, the Bethlehemite. Now you think about this. It may be coincidence to you, but I don't believe it's coincidence at all. I believe God had a plan. God knew right at the right time. See, were there, was there no other men that could play the harp? Was there no other men that could soothe Saul's aching soul? See, why, God did, why did God give David favor with this servant? It's because all things work together for our good and for his glory. He has a plan. Have you lived long enough to see how some things that have happened to you in the past are being used of God in your life today? Have you lived long enough to see how some tragedy that you've faced, has, God has used that to bring comfort to someone else? I've seen it in my life where maybe tragedy, something has happened where I could be a comfort to someone else. I could be a help. I've been there. I've done that. I've, I've been able to help people in this situation. And folks, there are some things that God has put in your life. 
some things that God has put in your life that you may be a comfort to those in need. See, God has a plan. See, we need to learn that God has a purpose. God is at work. God has a plan for His man. What He's doing today works together with what He did yesterday and what He's going to do tomorrow. There are lessons to learn. We learn by faith to trust God in submission and that lesson of pride. We learn to say the Lord's way is the only way. I don't, I, we need to submit to Him and say, God, hey, I don't care what it is. I'm just going to be obedient to you. Wherever you lead, I will go. Whatever you say, I will do. A lesson of submission, a lesson of pride here. We learn by faith to trust that He is our protection. Listen, we could guard ourselves and live in a, uh, a dormitory that, that protected by concrete barriers and walls all around us. But God's our protection. God's our protection. Some people go to school but never learn a lesson. Psalm 57, this is what David said. He says, be merciful unto me. O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. Unto thee calamities be overpassed. Until my cla these calamities be uh, overpassed, I will cry unto God my high, the most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. David was saying, I've learned that God is my protection. Folks, we need to learn that. We need to learn that God is our protection. Then, my heart has been broken and I've said, oh God, why? Later I've learned, later I've learned if my heart had not been broken, I would have gone a different direction. God has a purpose. God has a purpose for everything that happens in our lives, trials and troubles. God's teaching us. But all things work together. All things work together for His glory and for our good. As God's people, we have a lesson to learn about pride, about protection, and about purpose. As Christians, may we be good students so that when the grades are passed out at the end of this life semester, we will receive top grades on the subjects that God is teaching us. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. God has a plan. For his man. God always has a plan for his man. God has a man for his plan, and God has a plan for his man. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to give you an opportunity just to examine your life. Maybe you say, I haven't been following God's purpose for my life. I haven't been trusting him that he's there's been trials that's come my way, and I just haven't trusted him. Pastor, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. I just need to learn to trust him. Learn that he has a purpose and a plan for my life. I see that hand. I just want to encourage you tonight, however the Lord dealt with you, however the Lord's dealing with you tonight, would you find a place at the altar and come and do business with God? Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this lesson, how you've taught me, Lord, that uh, to follow follow your purpose and your plan for my life and to trust you as my protection. Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you would just 
Speak to our hearts tonight. Help to apply this lesson to our lives. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? As God has spoke to you, I'm going to encourage you to come. Find a place at the altar. Maybe you just need to do business with God in some other area. I don't know. Just ask that you be submissive, that you be obedient. This lesson of pride, hey, maybe we're, we'll stay in our seat because we don't want anybody else to know that God is dealing with us. I don't know what the case may be. Just be obedient to Him. Is so sweet to trust in Jesus. Thank you. We may be seated as you're in an attitude of prayer. I want to lift up some petitions to you this evening would ask that you would continue to pray for Miss Judith McGinnis um, in this time. I uh, don't know all the details, but uh, I would ask that you pray for her, pray for the family, and uh, for comfort. Also, Miss um, Sharon Land called me and said that her nephew, um, one I went and spoke to last week, uh, they're giving him just a few hours to live. would ask that you remember, I believe his name is Jeff Land, uh, remember him in your prayers. Remember the family um, in this time. Uh, 39-year-old man and uh, having only 10% of his heart uh, functioning, and it's probably less than that now. So you remember uh, Jeff Land, remember the Land family. All right. Maybe someone else have a prayer request tonight. Yes, Brother Tim. Yes. Tim and Rhonda Holcomb. Haven't seen them for a while. Would ask that you remember them in your prayers. Remember Jace. This is their grandson. And they had custody of him for a while. But now his, his uh, dad um, has taken custody. And uh, so you just remember. They're, I know they're discouraged. And uh, ask that you remember them. Yes, Jennifer. Father, once again, thank you for the opportunity we have to pray. 
the privilege we have, Lord, the power, and uh, Lord, just uh, the ability that we can come to you knowing that you hear our prayers. And Lord, we ask for your will to be done, of course. And Lord, we ask in this area of Miss Judith, Lord, you know the need. Lord, I just ask for comfort and peace during this time. Be with the family and wrap your arms around them and let them know that you're in control and that you love them. And uh, Lord, that uh, uh, this did not catch you by surprise. And Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen them. Lord, I ask that you would be with Brother uh, Tim and Miss Rhonda Holcomb, Lord, as they... Uh, Lord, they're struggling, I know, probably spiritually, uh, just the fact that Je uh, Jace isn't with them anymore. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would just work in their lives. Lord, Lord pray that you would protect Jace and, uh, as he's living with his dad. And I don't know all the circumstances there, but Lord, I do ask that, uh, Lord, that you will continue to use this uh, little boy and, and uh, raise him up in the way he should go. Lord, I ask that you be with uh, Jennifer. She's going to be getting the results soon. Lord, pray that there's nothing serious going on. And Lord, that it be a, just a minor thing that they'll be able to take care of. And Lord, we know that you're the great physician. You could just touch her body and uh, nothing be wrong. And Lord, we just ask that you would intervene on their behalf. Lord, for Luann Carico, Lord, for her sugar issues. And Lord, I pray that you give the doctors wisdom for, uh, Lord, as they uh, take care of her. Lord, I ask that you would be with her husband as he uh, ministers to other folks and he's got this on his mind as well Lord I pray that you would just meet the needs there Lord I ask that you be with our church help us to grow in spirit mostly but also in number Lord we ask that you just be with us help us to uh, uh, be a beacon in a dark world and uh, Lord we do thank you for what you're going to do we give you all the praise the glory and the honor that comes from it in Jesus name Amen Alright let's go ahead and have a couple of the young men come and we'll take up this evening's tithes and offerings as they're coming i want to give just a couple announcements for you i want to remind you of a couple things uh next friday not this friday but the following friday uh brother phil and miss sue are they're going to be getting married and uh, they have extended the invitation to the church and uh, that's at six o'clock next friday and uh, we're going to have a reception to follow in the fellowship hall and uh, they said please no gifts they just want you to come and enjoy and to uh, rejoice with them and then that following sunday the 27th we'll be having our birthday and anniversary fellowship here after our pm service just a time to get together and uh, celebrate and and uh, so I would remind you about that. Then September the 9th at 1 o'clock is our teen activity. And uh, we've, got, uh, we've got some great things planned. My wife's been working on it. Uh, I haven't even seen her for like a week now. She's been working on this thing nonstop. She loves doing this. And so uh, um, you, you just, if you'd like to be involved, please let us know. Uh, I know she would still work you in, I'm sure, somehow. And then on uh, Friday and Saturday, September 15th and 16th, there's a men's retreat at Hoosier Hills Baptist Camp. All the men, I would like to for a good crowd to go out. It's going to be a great time, and so I encourage you to come. All right, Brother Luke, sir, would you please?
Let's all stand. We'll close the word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Tim, sir, would you please close us, sir? Trust in you, Father. We love you. 